Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Matt Holcomb and welcome to the Door Fellowship Church online. We're so glad you joined us this morning and wherever you are and whoever you're joining us with, we say God bless you. We just hope that God reaches into your home wherever you are and touches your heart. So thankful that you can join us whether on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, This is a wonderful day. This is Resurrection Sunday. So happy you're with us. Uh, Door Fellowship Church, we're a church that is a spirit-filled church and we're family-centered, mission-minded church here and uh, our Our goal and our vision really is to love God and to uh, grow together and reach our world. We're excited you're here. Uh, We just ask that you would share this page and comment as you're listening. And uh, if there's any prayer requests, that you would feel free to really get a hold of us and reach out to us because we really want to reach out to you. And uh, we're excited that this is Easter 2020. A little different than what we're used to. I I hope you didn't go out and buy an expensive outfit and your Easter outfit. Uh, And uh, maybe you did and maybe you're sitting in your living room in that outfit. God bless you with that. For the rest of us, uh, we just wanted to uh, be comfortable wherever you are this morning. Uh, We're excited because um, today, after the sermon, we're going to be taking communion together. And so uh, as we're um, preaching and sharing, if you don't have your communion with you already, just ask that you go and just get some bread or cracker, whatever you have, and then get some juice. whether it's grape juice or whatever juice you have in your home. And uh, get that ready because after the sermon we're going to be taking communion together and celebrating and remembering the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to just uh, preach to you for a few moments out of Philippians chapter 2. I know today as I'm looking out I see empty seats but I know that uh, we have full hearts and so we're happy about that. In Philippians chapter 2... Starting in verse 6, Jesus, or Paul here is talking about Jesus. And he's talking about Jesus Christ and the mind that Jesus had, the mentality that Jesus had. But in verse 6 he says that Jesus being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross. And because of this, wherefore, the Bible says, God has also had highly exalted him and given him a name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of the Father. We see here that uh, is Paul is um, communicating that Jesus was uh, in glory. He took on flesh. God took on flesh, became a man, and he came and suffered and died for us. And because of that, the Bible says that he was exalted. He was highly exalted. As we look at the life of Jesus in the last hours of his life, last days really of his life, we see that as Jesus was um, uh, at the Last Supper, as we call it, and taking communion with the disciples the last time on earth that he would have um, dinner with them and take communion with them. The Bible says that after, right after that, they went into a garden, a place to rest, and, and one of the disciples went to the leaders of the Jewish leaders and betrayed Jesus. And while they were there in the garden, Jesus was praying, and, and Jesus surrendered his will 
uh, that night to what was about to happen. And, and uh, as the Passion of the Christ, the movie The Passion of the Christ opens up with this scene, Jesus in the Garden. It's very important. But uh, as Jesus was there in the garden, he was uh, arrested in the garden and took in, t- taken to uh, um, a leader's house. And, and all of a sudden, we see something begin to happen. We see the trials of Jesus, the illegal trials of Jesus. Uh, what happened was the Jewish leaders had um, really um, wanted to crucify Jesus and put him to death because that he had confessed and, and, and many times preached that he was God's son, the only begotten son, which in their eyes was blaspheming. And so the Bible says that if you re- record and watch the last hours of Jesus' life, that they actually were illegal trials. And they brought him into the house of one of the Jewish leaders in his courtyard there. People were gathered and they had made uh, people tell lies about Jesus and they brought false witness against Jesus but the Bible says that their stories didn't line up and they couldn't find a fault against Jesus and so Jesus actually confessed that he was the son of God with that they became angry they blindfolded Jesus they punched him and smacked him in the face they spit on his face the Bible says they covered him with spit and then they brought him before Pilate in fact they brought him twice before Pilate and wanted him crucified And so Pilate, uh, even though said that I don't find anything wrong with this man, finally because he feared an insurrection and he feared an uprising, he agreed to have Jesus crucified. So we say here that as you read the Bible that um, Jesus was whipped 39 times by the Roman soldiers. And then they traded Jesus, exchanged Jesus for a murderer, for a, a rebel at that time who had committed murder against the Roman army. And uh, so they, after whipping Jesus 39 times, the Bible says that they turned him over to um, several hundred uh, Roman soldiers. And those Roman soldiers took Jesus and they beat him up and they made a crown of thorns and they placed it on his head. And, uh, and one, one part uh, says that they ripped out part of his beard and they smacked him and punched him and spit on him and mocked him. And then they took sticks and they took the sticks and they uh, took the uh, sticks and they beat him over the head of this crown of thorns right on his head and they put a robe on him stripped him and put a purple robe on him the bible says and they mocked him and mocked worshiping him and then about that time after that was all uh, said and done the bible says that he carried his cross a heavy wooden cross almost a mile to calvary and he was nailed uh, on his hands and his feet there and and he was put in between two thieves and while he was on the cross, the Bible says that people mocked him. The, the, one of the thieves on his side mocked him. The Pharisees mocked him. The Roman soldiers mocked him. And he hung there for six hours, six agonizing hours, the Bible says. And uh, after the six hours, uh, in between those six hours, I should say, that they actually gave him poison wine to drink. And, and then at the end, right, at the, right up to the end, they had him drink sour vinegar, bad, another mixed drink. And uh, it was very, very uh, terrible to drink. And so uh, this was a time of the year that was cold and, and it, was, it was approaching, the Sabbath was approaching. And so um, as Jesus said his final words... The Bible says he gave up the ghost and died. And the moment that Jesus died, the Bible says that the, the veil, the curtain, that, that the Ark of the Covenant was hidden behind, across town in the temple, split right in, in two. There was a great earthquake and, and boulders uh, split and, and uh, all these things happened. And there was a resurrection from the dead. The Bible says a lot of the dead saints and patriarchs of the faith walked the earth and, reve- and showed themselves to people.
It was amazing. And so Jesus died there. And, and the Bible says that they took his body and they buried it in, in a tomb of a rich man. And on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, he rose again. And he showed himself to many people, up to 500 people at a time. And for 40 days, he walked with the disciples and he talked with them. And after that, the Bible says he led him out to a hill and he ascended into heaven. And an angel spoke and said, just like Jesus went into heaven, he's going to come back that way. And I said all that to say this, not just the Easter story, but I said that, all that to say this, that when Jesus ascended, the Bible says that he was seated at the right hand of God. He was seated at the right hand of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 21, God's mighty power raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven, far, far above any other king or ruler or dictator or leader. Yes, his honor is far more glorious than that of any, any other person, either in this world or the world to come. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that Jesus is the one who died to cleanse us and clear our record of all sin. And then he sat down in the highest honor beside the great God of heaven. Three of the four Gospels record Jesus saying that after he was going to be raised from the dead, after his resurrection, that he would himself said that he would sit by God on the right hand. This morning, I want to talk to you about Jesus, the forever king. Jesus is the forever king. King. But after his resurrection, after his ascension, um, as Jesus said, he was seated at the right hand of God. And after the resurrection, Jesus was glorified. Jesus Christ was glorified after he rose from the dead. John, the a disciple, uh, and he had a, a vision uh, and the revelation from Jesus and uh, what we call the book of Revelation. He had an insight of what it was, what it looked like, what it looks like today. He saw, he records, one million angels along with beasts and elders and, and all these other creatures, wonderful creatures, the Bible says, uh, in heaven and earth and under the earth and the land and the sea uh, were involved in nonstop worship and exaltation of the Lamb of God. That was Jesus. In fact, he records, one point the Bible records uh, that it says in the book of Revelation that John said that Jesus is crowned with many crowns. Jesus was glorified after his ascension. He's crowned with many crowns. And I just want you to notice something. Just going to step aside here and just mention something that in Philippians chapter 2, you might as well keep uh, your device open to that or your Bible open to that portion. We're going to go there a couple times. But in Philippians chapter 2, 8 and 9, the Bible says that Jesus humbled himself unto death, the death of the cross. But then right after that in verse 9, it says because of that, God highly exalted him. I want you to notice this, that uh, Jesus bowed before man. He allowed man to crucify him and beat him up and to take advantage of that situation. He allowed men to, to really kill him. And he humbled himself. He bowed before man. But you know something? When Jesus rose from the dead, it really signified that he'll never bow again. He'll never bow his knee. He'll never humble himself to another man again. Never. He'll never allow people to do that to him again. He did it once and for all. And he was like a lamb. The Bible gives a picture of he was like a lamb going to be crucified. But then after he rose from the dead and ascended, the Bible gives a picture of a lion that is reigning. And that's Jesus. Jesus was that lamb that was led to be crucified. But now the Bible gives us the picture that Jesus is like that lion now reigning. And amen. I love that. 
I'm going to ask this question about the crucifixion and the glorification of Jesus. Why was he glorified after his resurrection? Why did Jesus, why was Jesus glorified? Why, why did, after he ascended, why the Bible says that he was glorified? And many people would say many things, but one of the things I see clearly in the scriptures, and one of the things I've come to know, is the reason that Jesus was glorified after his ascension was because he had always been glorified. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus always was and he still is. In fact, one of the things I want to just share with you today is that Jesus is the eternal king. Jesus uh, was, always has been. Did you know that? I don't know if you knew that. Many people think that when he came as a man, that he lived as a man and died as a man, and, and then he rose again supernaturally, and after that, then he was God and then he was glorified. No, he, he was God before he died. He was God before he was born. The, the Bible makes it clear that Jesus preexisted his physical birth. He actually lived before Abraham. Before Abraham. In fact, he was at creation. That's what the Bible says in John chapter 1. He was at creation. Why was he at creation? Because he was, existed before creation. Jesus is the eternal king. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God in the very beginning. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And Jesus prayed this prayer when he was on earth. He said, Father, he said, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the world was. Jesus is the eternal king. I'm so excited about that. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, the Bible says, For in him, or Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things are held together. Amen, I love that. Jesus is called God directly in the scriptures. In Isaiah Chapter 9, it gives a, a messianic prophecy about the Messiah. It gives a prophecy about uh, hundreds of years before Jesus was born. It said the child would be born a virgin and his name would be the everlasting Father, the eternal Father. Amen. That's talking about Jesus. And just to notice something is very interesting if you do a study, and I encourage you to do that. But I want to just show you some things that in the Old Testament and New Testament, the description of Jehovah or God is the same for Jesus in the New Testament. For instance, uh, creator of all. It's in Psalms and it's in Hebrews. Jehovah that was pierced. It's in Zechariah and it's in John. The great I am is in uh, Exodus and in John. Lord of Lords is in Deuteronomy, 1 Timothy and Revelation. He, the first and the last, Isaiah and Revelation record this. The only Savior is found in Leviticus and in Mark. And then in Titus, Paul wrote this to Titus and he said that Jesus is the great God, our Savior. He is the great God and our Savior. Amen. And so both the Old Testament and the New Testament prophets and authors uh, confirm that Jesus, the Messiah, is the one and only God. Amen. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 2 going back again to our text, says that uh, Jesus, notice this about Jesus, that he existed and he had the form of God pr prior to his incarnation, prior to his coming to earth through a virgin. 
that he had this form of God. He did not regard equality with God a thing to grasp. Why? Because he was God. He existed. So he let go of being equal with God and he emptied himself, the Bible says, when he took on physical life. And so he already was God. He already was king. He already was glorified. And, and, and so we look at the cross that he, this is what he did for us. He, he already was God. He didn't need um, us to say that he was God. He already was God. He already was glorified. But he did it for us. So that we can know him as our king. So that we can receive eternal life through Jesus Christ, the forever king. That we can have life forever through our eternal king. Amen. This is called resurrection life. And the second thing I see is that he is the living king. He's not just the eternal king, but he's the living king. He's real. He's now. He lives right now. He's alive, and the Bible says he's coming back. And as the living king, he has unlimited power, and he has eternal power. Unlimited power and eternal power can only belong to the living king, only. And so I believe that he's shown us this. He, the Bible makes it clear, and while he was on the earth, he, shown us, he has shown us his unlimited power. He has shown us his deity. How does he do that? Let me just give you a couple examples. Number one, uh, as we've mentioned earlier in our text, he did it through his name. In Philippians chapter 9, verse 11, the Bible says, Because of what Jesus did, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. See, the name of Jesus is God's name. And the name of Jesus became glorified in the earth when Jesus died. And was uh, resurrected. So, so God made his name known. Uh, God glorified his name. And he made it possible for us to experience eternal life through his name. And then he went further and he gave us his Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit through us will glorify his name in the earth. Amen. I'm so excited about that. And so in the garden. When Jesus was in the garden the night he was arrested. This is how powerful his name is. One of the things as Jesus um, was asked, he said, are you the son of God? Are you the one we're looking for? And Jesus said, I am. And the Bible records that the moment he said, I am, that the Roman soldiers fell backwards with great force. That's the power of his name. See, Jesus is not equal to any man, any God, or any being. Uh, whether in the earth or another dimension, he is the greatest. He is the only one. He's by himself. He is the eternal king and he is the living king. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, that in Jesus all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form and dwells in him. Jesus is not in the Godhead. The Godhead is in Jesus. Amen. Because of the ultimate power and the deity of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, not only is it through His name or in His name do we see unlimited power and deity, but we also see that He had power over the grave. The Bible says that the last enemy for us was death. The last enemy was death. Now, who was the enemy against? Was it against God? No, because He already existed. He's eternal. He didn't have an enemy of death. Death wasn't God's enemy. It was for us. It was our enemy. And the Bible says that our last enemy was death. And Jesus came to deliver us from the grave. From eternal death. Amen. And so Jesus is Lord. And Jesus is Lord forever. That's what it means. 
And he's given us victory over death. He's given us victory over the devil. And he's given us victory over sickness and disease. Because he came and he died and he rose again. I love that. And the Bible makes it clear that once he conquered death, once Jesus conquered the death of a man, once he did that, his authority and his power overcame everything else that affects us. And the, the Bible says that the last enemy that we faced was death. And Jesus tasted death for us so that we don't have to taste death. Amen. In eternity. I love that. In Colossians chapter 2, in verse 9, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. And having spoiled principalities and powers, in verse 15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the cross. He did that. The Bible also records this word here, what it means to spoil principalities. He reduced them to less than zero. He completely overtook them, completely defeated them. They are utterly uh, defeated, the Bible says. And when John saw Jesus in heaven, one of the first things he said, he said, I am Alpha, I am Omega, I am the beginning and the end. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and death in my hands. Jesus is the eternal King. He is the eternal living King. That's what He is. And I love that. And so not only do we see that we have this unlimited power, but He also has eternal power. The Bible says that he is a king over a kingdom without an end. A government that will never stop growing. It's an expanding, ever increasing kingdom. And and a government of God never stops. And so the Bible also records that it's an unshakable, impenetrable, and everlasting kingdom. It's an, he has this eternal power through his name. And he grants everlasting life to all, everyone who believes on him. And repents of sin. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 17. Paul addresses Jesus like this. He gives him praise and he says. Now to the king eternal. Immortal. Invisible. The only God. He be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So he will always be glorified. Jesus is not just the eternal king. He is the living king. He is the forever king. Amen. And I'm, I'm just so happy to declare that today, that we have this, this Jesus on the inside. We know Him personally. He came and He died and revealed Himself that we could know Him, that we can have fellowship with Him. And today, this Easter Sunday, that's very possible for you. I don't know who you are and, and, and if you're a born again and saved or not or a Christian, but today, this living King, this eternal King is reaching out to you. Amen. And not only is he the eternal king and the living king, but he is our king. He is our king. I just want to just, just look at this for a moment. You, we read scriptures today about Jesus who was in the beginning and created all things for himself. And without him nothing can exist. That's what some of the scriptures I read. And this is the truth of God's word. But let me just say this. And I want you to hear me very carefully uh, because I, I could be taken wrong on this, but I want you to listen to this. That there's one place, there's one realm, there's one area where I believe that Jesus is not yet king. He's not yet Lord. He's not conquering there. And that is the hearts of men. Think about it. In heaven, in earth, under the earth, in the sea, in the land, worships God. 
Everywhere the Bible declares that His authority extends. Everywhere His power is. He is not limited to what uh, He can do. He's just absolutely not limited. He is not limited to uh, getting involved in the affairs of people and, and controlling the affairs of man. He is not limited to that. But He chooses to give man a decision. He chooses to give us a decision whether we will receive Him or not, whether we will believe in Him or not. We had our own free will in the garden, way back at the garden when we chose to disobey, and still today we have that same free will. But because of this, that's the one place, the one realm, if you will, or the one area that, that Jesus is not yet king. Think about it. Are, are we, we saying that God is limited? No, He's not limited, but He chooses he chooses to give us a decision. And so Jesus is not Lord. He's not ruler of our hearts initially. We're born in the sin, the Bible says. That we are by nature sinners. We are born into, into this curse. And, and we need a Savior. We need atonement. We, need, we can't do it ourselves. We have to have a Savior. We have to have a living Savior. And Jesus is that Savior. Now He's our Creator. The Bible says that our breath is in His hand. We, we, he is our creator. He's created all things. But He has not become our Lord until we receive Him and believe on Him and confess our sins and say, Lord, I confess my sins and I receive You and I want You to be my King and my Lord in my heart. Amen. In John chapter 20, we see this great picture of someone that was like you and I who doubted the things that were happening in Jerusalem at the time. Doubting and maybe even hearing some of the whispers that were going on that there really wasn't a resurrection, that people had stolen the body of Jesus and, and, uh, and his name was Thomas. And, and God did not reject his doubts. God did not reject uh, what he was going through, but he received him. And Thomas said, if, if I can touch him, if I can touch the nail-scarred hands, if I can touch him, then I'll believe in him. And Jesus, the Bible says, came to him and peered to him. And he did. He touched his hands and he touched the scars. And he realized that Jesus was the living king. And this is what Thomas said. He said, my Lord and my God. That's not just Savior, but that's king. And Jesus is the forever king. Jesus is already glorified. He's already worshipped. But is he God in your life? Is he king in your heart? Have you uh, heard about what I'm saying today and say, you know what, I realize that I'm still a sinner and I have not received Jesus as my Lord and my Savior and my King. And so in closing, I just want to say this, that Jesus was forever and He is forever and He gives life forever. And so as we talked about this today, that He is the eternal King, He is the living King, He is my King. And today I want you to say that in your heart. I want you to be able to say that before you um, leave us today and, and we go offline. I want you to say that, that Jesus Christ is the eternal King, He is the living King, and He is my King. Jesus Christ is forever King. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank You for Your Word today. I thank You for Your penetrating Word that comes into our hearts and it talks to us, it, it moves in us, Lord, and, and it deals with us. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody listening today on this beautiful Easter Sunday, that you will work in their heart, that you will, Lord, deal with them, that they will repent and realize that they need a Savior and they need a King. Lord, you are God beside yourself. Nobody equals you. Nobody compares to you. Not even close. 
And Lord, we acknowledge that, we confess that, declare that today, that you are God of heaven, God of the earth, God of everything under the earth, in every realm, in every dimension you rule. But Lord, we realize and recognize there's one place that Lord, unless you do an operation, unless we confess, unless we agree, Lord, you will not rule and you are not king, and that is in our heart. I pray today that you will bless the families that are listening, bless the people, everyone that's listening, Lord. Bless them uh, in their heart, bless them in their body, bless them in their family, in their home. We take the, the situation, the current situation right now, and we say, Lord, you're going you're gonna to do a work. And we give you the praise and the glory, even though we get frustrated, don't understand, and, and we're still anticipating what might come of this, Lord. We're going to put this in your hands. Lord, I bless you today and I give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We just wanted to say thank you so much for giving. And we want to just encourage you to keep giving. We're still operating. We're still supporting ministries. And everybody's just been so awesome. And even though you haven't been in church for uh, five or six weeks, you're still giving. You're still um, making a way to do that. And we want to make that simple for you. And so um, we just, you know, put that information at the bottom of the screen. And you just, as God speaks to your heart, amen, wants you to feel free. But thank you so much for all those who have given. And thank you for all those who have made uh, this possible and for us to do this right now. We just love you and thank God for you today. We pray that you would enjoy this beautiful day and this Resurrection Sunday with your family.